0: Welcome, everybody, once again to the Low-Key Podcast. Trying to bring you some really good, interesting uh, reviews and thoughts on, uh, you know, all the movie and TV stuff going on every Thursday. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Aaron, and Keith is also here. What is Keith? How you doing, dude? Hey, how's it going, man? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. And normally we'd have Tim with us, but Tim had to take care of some stuff, so he'll be back with us next week. And, you know, unfortunately... You know, he won't be with us to talk about this excellent, excellent movie that we're talking about today, Sound of Metal, which came to Amazon Prime December 4th. It is a film about a uh, metal, rock metal drummer who is doing his thing. He's uh, on tour with his band and um, slowly but surely you start realizing that he's losing his hearing, which is definitely something you need if you're going to stay in the band and, and, uh, you know, be the percussionist. So, you know, as, as stuff uh, unfolds, you know, it, it becomes a um, a story just about a lot of things. But, you know, him attempting to, you know, work within the realms of, of his his new situation and try, trying to get his hearing back. And, and you know, what does that mean? Um, what does it mean to live w- without sound? Um, what does it mean when your whole world gets uh, t- twisted upside down? And, you know, do you kind of accept the new terms of what's going on or how do you fight against those things? It's a really, really interesting movie. It has a lot to say. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to kind of see what you thought of it, Keith, because actually you're the one who recommended the film. So, um, how how did you come across it? And, and, you know, what did you end up thinking of it after we um, saw it? Well, after I, you saw it, should I should say. I mean, I. How I came across it is you, you know, you know,
1: Amazon just be sending us stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, yeah that's true, too. <laughs> and so and so on. Um, and it just showed up on my on my radar. So I was like, man, it might be something to, for us to check out this go around because I really enjoyed the trailer. I really um I don't know. There's so much to like about this movie. I know we can get into some of that more mm-hmm. from the uh, from the acting to the way that they use sound in the film. Um, to really put you in the shoes of the main character, um, Ruben, to like to down to down to just the the script itself, you know, and the character
0: development. So yeah, it's it's interesting because I think as I was watching it, I I kept you know finding myself fascinated with like, well, how would you write that scene? Because there's so much stuff that happens that it's not only that there is no sound but it's distorted sound and when right. i say distorted like it's you know when we have moments of of um winneson rubin uh not able to hear properly it's not like it's silence there is sound in in many cases but like the the choices they make as far as what kind of sounds that um kind of kind of place you you know like so that you know there's a lot of talk like for example last week we talked about steve mcqueen and using the the camera to make you feel like you're in the room this is more like using your your audio sense um sense of hearing to like literally create an experience for you that's different right
1: and that's that's why i really liked about it almost so different to where like there were certain moments where it felt I don't know how you felt about it, but I almost like my heart was racing, like I was watching a horror film at certain elements, right? Especially mm. like when he first starts to lose his hearing, and he, when he wakes up that morning, and 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 it was just so terrifying, like how they use the sound while he's while he's in the shower, and he, you could see it in his face, and we can hear how you could just faintly hear the water falling now. Mm-hmm. And I was I was like, damn, that is completely horrifying.
0: Well, there's something you know, real basic um, that is done early on. Um, we get a scene of the so they you know they start out you know they they're doing a concert, and after they're done, you know they wake up the next one. He, he's with the girlfriend, and they end up you know kicking it that morning for breakfast but like you you hear every single thing happening you know you hear the coffee maker you know you hear the juice uh the uh juice being ground up you hear all this different stuff he repeats the same process that next day and that's when that silence really hits you because you could be thinking oh shit i mean that could be any number of reasons why that's not uh happening so the director does a really great job of teaching the audience how to you know um understand the scene so the first time we see all those different things that you were talking about going off like the coffee pot, uh, you know, the, the juice grinder, all that stuff. We, we, you know, hear the sounds, you know, we also witness them putting on the vinyl, all that stuff. The next time, the next morning we see, there's none of that. Like, it's just, it's gone. Like, so they're like right. putting you in the experience in, in a really interesting way, exact same camera angles, no sound. And, and while well, I said no sound, in some cases it's like super muffled sounds. Right. And yeah, like you said, with the shower, that's where you really stick out. It's like, oh, man. Like, and then he like, keeps trying to play in the band. And then he gets to the point where like, he, just, he, he can't even make out anything anymore. And, you know, um, so she runs after him. She's like, hey, what's going on? Like, are you on some drugs or something? Like, Because, you, like, you know, we didn't notice, but like she helped him get through his heroin addiction. Right, and so she might be thinking maybe he relapsed or something, and then he's like, I can't hear, I can't hear, but but you can see him mouthing it, but you don't hear because he can't hear, Mm -hmm. you know, and you see her react like, What really? and um, yeah, that's I I can't, you know, I mean, I'm not a a musician um, by trade, but hell, any damn thing, if you lose your hearing, it'll be difficult to do your job, it don't matter what it is.
1: Yeah. And and it seems like it's a lot deeper, though, if you were a musician, though, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because that's that's your that's that's your lifeblood in a sense. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like being a painter that can't see. So, yeah, it just has to be the worst feeling ever. I mean, it's already terrible to, to anybody in general. But for a musician, which is which is and I'm sure there's been plenty of movies that touched on this. I just haven't to this point seeing anything that showed that especially for someone that
0: plays in a heavy metal rock band yeah and then even like that moment when he tries around the first time to go get help you know quietly and he's in the pharmacy and the doctor's talking and the doctor's like it's a two out of ten he can't hear nothing and really he ain't, hear, he ain't even hear that and then he goes to the place and you hear and the guys like all right you know i need you to say the words back and then you hear, see it from his perspective he getting all the words really really wrong you like oh no like that that's a hard mm. <laughs> moment right so, there that was so hard to watch there's a lot of p- points in this movie that's very hard to watch yeah probably i thought by the, before the movie was done it was right not soon after that uh or not excuse me, not long after that um you have the moment where Ruben. So Lou wakes up and she just hears like all this clanging and she's like in there in the R V and Ruben is losing his mind. He's tearing up all this stuff. And she's trying to to get his attention to go, hey, you know, what are you doing? Calm down. he literally can't hear her. And that's like terrifying. Like she mm-hmm. can't actually intervene and help him calm down without risking him just not even paying attention, just flailing and hitting it. Well, not even they not paying attention. He can't pay attention. Can't hear. You can't hear. Yeah, you know. And then he's like, "It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine." And she's like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, we just keep going. We just keep playing in the band, and it'll be fine." Like, uh, no, no way.
1: You know what? I also like. I I really like. I mean, it's a subtle thing, but I don't know, kind of major. But how we, him being an addict, is not mentioning to like midway through the film Mm -hmm. and he's been clean for four years so instead Mm -hmm. of like what we'll normally get in the film where this person you know is not only deaf but he got all these other like little flaws and stuff going on and stuff and what I like a lot about Ruben's character which was something I didn't expect was that I mean, not only he, I think he's, I I think he's a good guy. I expect him to be kind of a character that you kind of want to root for a little bit, Mm -hmm. but it was the fact, it was the fact that in a way he was very positive about certain situations, or he tried to mask it in a certain way. And I feel like part of it may have had something to do with the fact that he was an addict at one point and may have went through a 12 step program to get to get through it, like, probably after he met Lou. So it's all these things I'm thinking about, about the backstory of the character, mm. that those little subtle things may come to mind for me as a as a
0: viewer. Yeah, he's a... It's interesting because, <clears throat> you know, he's the sort of person who can't end up hurting others out of his selfishness, but I don't feel like anything he did in this movie... Specific, like I feel like his character isn't one of a person who is selfish. Um, they they might end up doing things that are selfish, but they're not mm-hmm. um, intending to harm people as they do them, and that's a really interesting thing where you can see this flaw, but you don't necessarily feel like it's something to dislike a character for. Exactly. You know, it's it's definitely like I like I I do wonder what what the uh what's the the headmaster of the of the um place for for the um joe joe okay yep so that was kind of my favorite character um mm-hmm. but one thing that was really interesting uh is just joe joe doesn't judge reuben he he clearly um, they end up having a, a relationship that, that ends up being real positive. It started very adversarial, but he really did appreciate the journey and the charisma and, and the and the impact that Ruben had on people. Mm-hmm. Um, he he just he was like that charismatic spirit, you know, um, and one that really brought people together. Uh, and and he thought that potentially. You know, this person here brought in is like a like an adopted son almost that maybe he right. could take on the mantle when he wasn't around anymore.
1: Exactly. That's um, what I got from it too. I felt like she, he saw a lot of himself within Joe. And a lot of their situations were kind of in a way parallel to each other in a sense. So Except
0: so yeah. except it's just like Joe I think Joe knows, too, he was going up there. Actually, I know. It, it's, they don't never say it outright, but Joe knows that man he went up there and took them keys and sold the RV and was going on the internet and all that. Oh, yeah, he, but, knew. he knew. Yeah, but he loved Ruben, so, like, he, he just kind of let it rock. I think he, in his mind, he
1: felt that Ruben was going to always make the right decision or he felt like he was going to, and that's why it was so heartbreaking to him, I feel, when they – when Ruben sat down and had that conversation with him about having the surgery and that he was getting ready to leave.
0: Well, that and I think he really, in a lot of situations, like he he was like, damn it, I, I want to help you. But like, that's just, I can't do that because mm-hmm. what does that do to everybody else? Like, I can't put the one above the many, even though, you and I had it, you know, that that connection and that relationship, you know I can't do that.
1: Yeah, and Even, even though, though I want to. Yeah, and, and also, even though he didn't judge Ruben too much for his decision, I do feel like he really expected him to go the other route.
0: I, I don't know if he expected it, but it clearly hurt him, though.
1: Mm.
0: Like, the movie, one thing that, like, the, the script is not like some Aaron Sorkin shit where, like, you know, people are finding the perfect way to verbalize or express everything. Obviously they can't because it's not, I mean, a lot of movies don't even have, you know, people speaking necessarily, mm-hmm. but the thing, well, speaking with words, uh, the thing that is, it really stands out. This, this really interesting to me is like, it does not, the scripts very strong um, in like the plain way people speak. But also just very strong in that it doesn't take the easy way out in any particular um, outcome for any of the characters.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: None of them have an easy out, and and you know you can truly care for people and still, one way or another, like the th- like this for like this, somebody was gonna be either everybody was gonna be disappointed. It's like this: no, there was no way everybody would be satisfied. Once Ruben became kind of like somebody that that community cared for, that was either going to be a situation where Lou was sad because he didn't come back, or that whole community was going to be sad because he didn't come back. But in this case, everybody's sad because it didn't work out for nobody in a fairy tale fashion, so to speak. And that's rare, you know, to let your, you know, your. Uh, protagonists, you know, kind of have like an open-ended thing, except for the most important piece, which is that he accepted him, himself in his situation.
1: Right. I think that's the whole theme of the film is acceptance. As a, a A lot of it, like you said, it doesn't, it's not cookie cutter. It doesn't gloss over like some of these like big issues or some, some of these more, you know, real life type of circumstances, it just it just tells it how it is. Like there's no magical pill that was gonna save him, and all yeah. of a
0: sudden he's able I, to see. Hey, I'm sorry. Can we can we stay to that for one moment? Right. Were, were you a little hurt when? Uh, and I'm I guess I'm speaking on how I felt when I when it happened, but when he got the the uh, operation. And he did all this stuff, and he didn't had the conversation with Ruben. He, I mean, excuse me, Ruben's had the conversation with Joe, and all this is going down. He's like, I've had the operation. It is what it is. I'm doing this for me. And then the sound is not what he thought it would be.
1: Yeah, that was that was pretty heartbreaking. And it was also like, it's kind of like. You feel very Faustian. Yes. Like, it's like, I felt like it wasn't going to work. I already knew it wasn't going to work, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't, but it's almost worse. Like, let's say I thought it wasn't gonna work like he just couldn't hear nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. And then when
1: you hear this distorted sound, it's almost, it's like torture to hear that, you know? To have, mm-hmm. to, to, have to know what it really, what sound really sounds like to have this. And, and it's almost like the silence is so much better at the end of the day, if you had to choose between the two. And and I like I I liked it even though I felt heartbroken for the character because I knew that there had to have been something that at the end of the day we we want to root for him but we know it's somewhere deep down inside that we know that it's not going to turn out the way that he wanted to. Well, and, yeah, exactly. and that's what that's what I like about it. I mean, maybe, maybe there are certain people that expect it to you know turn out. Exactly how you want
0: he gets mm-hmm. to surgery, he perseveres and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Like, hold on, hold. On. So you mean like the, the version of the movie where like he does he got, like the first half is the first half. He has operation. He talks uh with Ruben at his I excuse me, uh Reuben talks to Joe at his lowest point and is begging for money and stuff and then it don't work out. Then he go meet with Lou and then she got a new man or something. Yeah. And then he go out and then he just starts keeps practicing the sound keep getting with his uh hearing keep getting better and then he ends up showing her up at some big gig and he throws some money back at the the people who uh um, i say throw it back but like um he, he helps fund the uh the school that helped him out for, for right. uh, the deaf community and stuff like that yeah totally different movie so see that's a that's a hollywood film you just literally <laughs> pitch a <laughs> hollywood version of sound
1: of metal right and when i mean hollywood like the standard thing that they like, oh, this is what audiences want to see, you know, you because know? there are a lot of people I know that feel so bad about an ending where the hero doesn't get what they want, and i' and I'm fine with that like I, I want I want to see you go through something, I want to see you struggle, I want there to be conflict, but I don't necessarily have to have you win at the end of the day, but one thing about the sound of metal, you know, be that as it may,
0: it felt like he didn't get what he wanted, but he got what he needed. Right. Yes. That is the perfect way to put it. Exactly. I mean, the thing is, this is actually a consequence of his past actions. It just came a little later, you know, like his addiction. I mean, anyway, as he put, I mean, he mentioned heroin, but he said, I did everything. And that treating his temple his well, his body that way. Uh, I did not want to confuse people by just saying temple. uh. Mm-hmm. But treating his body that way um, is, you know, what ended up, you know, creating these consequences. And so Mm -hmm. um, there's so, man, I just, I love so much stuff about this movie. It's just, it's really, uh, it just does a lot of really interesting stuff. I mean, I also really appreciated the film's uh, refusal to put us in a comfortable space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was really commendable showing and uh, in, in making us really go through the experience with Reuben of the isolation of being unable to communicate. You can be like you're, you're among people who communicate with each other who are deaf, but you can't, and you have to humble yourself and and kind of reeducate yourself as far as like how you communicate and get to the point where he could. Emotionally, even write in that book, you know. It goes from like really erratic writing to more like first no writing, then really erratic because like he's finally communicating a little bit. Then like it's much more calm and and thought out. Um, right. I mean, it, it, it's it's really it's just it's crafted in a way that I just really appreciate. Um, it's like the terror of it, the the. Um, the acceptance that the growing past, well, grow, growing past the the um, the barriers and really trying to, to just make connections and, and being able to do that. And then it's like the, the, like I said, the Faustian bargain comes up and you're like, no, nah, because remember, he's looking up Lou and he's like, I got to get back. I got to get back. And he, he's telling himself it's for her. And, and I do think, you know, he does to some degree believe that, but in his mind, like, he just thinks it's going to go right back to how it was. But I thought it was so, so interesting of his character to have him say it's okay. And that's the thing, like, Aaron Sorkin would have written some big, long-ass speech, and there would have been all this <laughs> other shit going on. Uh, and then yeah. some music going on, and then the, the thunder would have hit, you know, on, on the end of the speech. And I... I like how she kept saying
1: what like she knew what it was. And I felt like the I was always under the impression that he wanted to get back to like you said kind of like save Lou. Like
0: yeah. Like that that, that's how he chose to the to
1: protect it. her, but deep down inside it was really him like he needed her more than she needs him.
0: Well, I don't so maybe in that moment, but as her father said, while he did resent Ruben for a bit, I think he, he gave, was he it, it, place. Yeah, it it was earnest, but a little snide too. Mm-hmm. But he was saying, like, look, if if you weren't around, like, I don't know where my daughter would have gone. Right. You know, and, and if she wouldn't have had the same issues her mother had that led to her taking her own life. So I do thank you for that. But so this this is my thought. But
1: this like I said, this is me writing the the subtext to the script and how yeah. I how I viewed it was that she kind of kinda to that point that she probably she met Ruben four years ago. He was an addict or whatever. And I feel like a part of her may have like helped nurture him out of that. And from her doing that, that may be what kept her like emotional issues and stuff at
0: bay. But also she said, You say me too. And I think she was speaking now, she doesn't say this during that moment, but what the father does make clear and given the reason that scene is there to give her backstory is to understand like why he's so important to her. She did do that for him, but he did that for her too. Right, you know, like they were both there in a in a moment where like, I mean, hell, the thing like it's funny, there's these different moments where like the director's clear, like doing a little goofy shit where like Reuben has a, a um, on his hand a, a a tattoo of the word no. And like there would be these things happening where like you know, he's being real stubborn about some shit and it says no on his hand but he's saying the opposite of what he should be saying. It's just real funny. But the reason I brought yeah. that up was at the end, if you look at his chest, it says, please kill me. There's a tattoo that says, please kill me. Yeah. I don't know when he got that. But he definitely doesn't feel like that at that moment. There's an interesting contrast about where they are in the present as they're speaking as, as they've evolved as people and then who they've been in the past and those things that they've been in the past are tattooed all on him. Right. That's pretty dope. I ain't even noticed that. Yeah. That's some,
1: that's some, that's pretty dope. I noticed the tattoos and stuff. Of course I was like, well that that fits in with their like heavy metal persona Like how she had these, these bleach blonde eyebrows. That shit was really bothering me for a while. Um, this shit was hilarious but but it, but it but it fit it fit in with their character and stuff. And it's almost like they you can tell that like like I said they were people that went through a more harsher point in their lives, mm-hmm. and then but then they started um, I don't know, becoming a little bit more positive, more healthy. Because we even start off um, like what the next day of the film after they in the beginning after they had that show, we see Ruben making like. A green juice and doing push-ups and and squats mm-hmm. at what could be at, at the could be five a.m. in the morning. You mm-hmm. know, Joe yeah, you mentioned he get up early. Like, yeah. up early, because at one time he called him, he saw him on uh, fixing the roof. Mm-hmm. It seemed like some, I you know, like an ex addict would do to like consistently keep themselves busy. Mm-hmm. But that's something that I even learned, and I was thinking about that in the film is that. You can only keep yourself busy so much, you know, yeah. and 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 a lot of times you do that, and it keeps you away from the the thing that you really need to deal with on the inside, you know. Or like like Joe told them to have that moment of stillness, because um, he know that every pretty much, Ruben Ruben was getting a lot from his thing, but in a way, it felt like he was just kind of going through the motions. Like, while I'm here, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, but I'm trying to get this money. So Yeah, but the the
0: refusal to sit still. Like, if you're not sitting still, you're never actually dealing with your own ego. Exactly. Like, you're not talking to yourself enough to have some, well, not just like, all right, here's what the issue is, but like an acknowledgement that, you know, I have this issue and I need to, like, deal with it hmm Um, I'm not even sure which thing I would say is like driving him so much. I mean, like, they're not like rich and famous. It feels like just like the the addiction to like just want to have like that kind of rogue on the road, R V, We ain't got no worries, kind of responsible, you know, like, a, like, 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 like just their hippie. way of life. Yeah, like a gypsy. Yeah. Like what he was saying, they was living living
1: like a gypsy lifestyle. <laughs> and um yeah. and, and you know he wanted to make sure that they got their uh, RV back and stuff because I I think yeah he did want things to go back to the way they were and that that's man, something- when he
0: made that deal talking about some man yeah if I sell it to you at this price I you gotta let me buy it back uh ten percent uh within eight weeks I'm like damn like that th- that's what had me laughing like they they give you like a little breadcrumb of here's the Hollywood version we could have made. Right. But didn't. <laughs> but, you know,
1: and it's just so realistic. Like in real life, like things change, your life changes, you know. It's just like, um I remember my last breakup because, of you know, we were living together, all of this stuff was going on, that once it ended, it felt like my whole entire life shifted in a whole nother direction.
0: Yeah.
1: So something just is, I don't wanna say it's simple, but, you know, as, as a breakup can change your life. And you see how crucial, like losing, of course, losing your hearing could change your life and the sound of metal. But it's like he's just constantly trying to fight against it. He's trying, he's he's literally trying to fight against fate, in a sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that's, it's really fascinating. I mean, I, I just, I love so much about this movie. And then, in, in speaking of fighting against fate, I feel like the fact that uh, Riz Ahmed. Got this role as a fight against fate to some degree. He must have been killing the uh, the auditions, boy, because uh, you know. I mean, the thing that's great about this script too is that it could be written for for anybody. You know, mm-hmm. anybody technically could do this, but you know, the fact that like he's a you know different ethnicity than she is, like that that doesn't have to play a role in any real way. I think is is interesting. Like you know, we say all the time. You know, people just want to be like cast for whatever is like the best thing. You know, blah blah blah. blah. Like whoever's best should get the role, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, this is definitely a situation where you have a script where like you can do that. It it absolutely you want the best actor. It don't they don't have to fit a certain look. They can just do their shit, and then it's a cold movie. Um, I mean, when you say look, you mean ethnicity. Right? In that case, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because because
1: I do think looks matter looks matter <laughs>
0: they no, they matter but i mean like you know what i mean like the guy has to be white or it has yeah. to, i mean you could even had a woman do this role really and it would have been the same kind of thing um you know you might tweak a thing here or there but like that sort of attitude and, and you know that we see from ruben could could belong to you know a woman too just the same you wouldn't have to change much of anything if anything i don't know
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean I, like i said really fantastic uh, movie. I mean, I, I definitely feel like I I saw something I haven't seen before, and, and that's you know uh, not something you get to say all the time. I mean, every time you see something different, it's good. But in this case, like it really was like a different experience as far as like watching a film. I haven't uh, you know I, I, I just haven't seen seen one that, that handles it this way. So right. um, kudos. Yeah, and I just wanted to say one more thing. I know we we
1: about to get off here soon, but. One other thing about this film that I just want to give them kudos for is like, it kind of made me go back to like when I used to watch silent films back in school. Mm. It felt like, a, 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 the not I would say some of the first movies that were made in the silent film era, I mean, when the silent film era ended, I mean. Mm. So during the era of sound, some of the first movies, I felt like if you go back and watch some of them, the way that they use sound because it was new, they tried to do whatever they could with, with sound back then. Yeah. And not just not just use it just the, you know, for voices and shit, but like any kind of way to get up the audience into what's happening within the scene, they they would do it. And um I feel like they really utilize the sound masterfully in this film. And, mm-hmm. and sound is also one of those things, like, you can, you, it's one of the things you really can't fix in pre, pre-production. I mean, post-production. Hmm. Like, I mean, only, only so far. Like, there are certain things that you just cannot fix with sound okay. in the film. You know what I mean? Um, where you could probably, you know, chop some stuff up, crop some stuff up in editing as far as the visual is concerned, but as far as sound. This it's it's a whole nother thing in itself, you know. That's yeah. why, You know, of course, it's great to have a great sound editor on board, and it seemed like they had one. And I don't know, it's just perfect in those elements. So, but anyway,
0: big kudos to them. No, I mean it's, you know, and so I mean, this better win some damn wars. You know that. Yeah. At least for sound edit, shit. you <laughs> 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 gonna I'm, get? I, mean, I like, feel. I feel like Riz could be
1: up for like um shoot, like best actor.
0: I mean hey, I mean, wouldn't shock me, and but at least on the sound editing. I mean, like, look, there would be movies that have some cool moments, but they whole movie ain't gonna be, you know, uh crushing it like this on, on that level for, for sound. So I, I, you know, really am hoping Sound of Metal gets his due accolades on this, cause um it is definitely they um, stand out like I haven't seen. So, um, you know, we'll see, man. But I, I really do think that this is a, a really good um, notch on Amazon's belt. This is a pretty good movie.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. So we about, um, about running out of time here. Anything else that you want to add? Uh, watch the movie. It's good. And not super long. <laughs> the end. Was well, yeah. about two hours, so I said not super long. Okay, long but not super long. Got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, you guys. Um, thanks for rocking with us. You know, if you want to follow us on social media, we're on Facebook and we also on um, the Instagram. You can follow us at the Low Key Pod.
0: Yep. yep. And uh, as always, if you made it this far, please uh, share with at least one friend, rate, review, uh, share the love, and make sure to come out. Next Thursday, we put out the next jam. Cool. Peace. I appreciate it.